It has been a rough football weekend. Uh, U.S. men's uh, national team lost to Panama in the CONCACAF World Qualifiers. <laughs> Just perpetual embarrassment. Yeah. I'm laughing for two reasons. One, because that was not what I was expecting in terms of football. But two, that does not surprise me in any way. Yeah, it's hey, really embarrassing. Also, hi, Mo. Hi. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you like me to introduce myself? No, that's fine. That's perfect. Maybe the, maybe the folks don't know you. Okay. If they don't well, know, Mo. now they know. You're Mo. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Mo. Aaron and David couldn't be with us, so we brought back up. I like how you said that, like they both recently died. <laughs> like they are no longer with us, can't be there for us. Um and we at least we at least mentioned them, you know. Yeah, we remember to say that they're gone this time, which is progress. Yeah. Growth, as one would say. Uh yeah, not <laughs> Saturday wasn't fun at all. That was bad. Um there was a mutiny in Chapel Hill. Oh, God. 35 20. You, we lost by 10. We were 17 point favorites. 17 and a half, first Excuse of all. Let's me, get that yeah. line right. <laughs> um, second of all, yeah, that's, man, that's so bad. Like, honestly, the, the coastal was in reach before this game. And when I say in reach, it's a hard, italicized in reach. Um, I'm, I'm thinking not so much anymore, but no. Yeah. At this point, no, that we are, we aren't going to Charlotte in December. (laughs) No, we might not go to a bowl game. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's walk through the schedule because I said pump the brakes a little, a week or so. Okay. Okay. Fine. So let's go through the schedule. Uh, Miami at home. Are we confident that's a win? Not anymore. God, no. Oh, listen, man. Um, you got to think about. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Notre Dame on the road. Next. Uh, Wake Next. Forest, number 16 in the country. Wake 6 0. Oh. <laughs> Where is that game? That's at home. Wake, at, yeah, at Wake Forest. No, it's home. That's at Wake Forest. Home. It's home or. Is yeah. It? Oh, get, no, never mind. That is homecoming. Because last year in, was a conference game. Keenan, this is non conference. They have too much pressure on them at this point. I just don't see Wake Forest making it out of here, and they almost dropped an L to Syracuse in overtime. Okay, let, let's so, let's give you that one. So that's four wins. Okay. Let's just say, okay. yeah, sure, that's okay. a win. Okay, uh, okay. At Pitt on Thursday night. <laughs> Pitt, who's four and Next. one right now, it should be Pitt's ranked. a pretty good team. Pitt's yeah. probably can you pick Pitt it? Is a is a conference contender. Okay, go so ahead. at home against Wofford. There's five. That's five. And then we go on the road to State. And most likely and Car- could, and could Carter clinch Finley, look, with listen, potentially man. State clinching their ticket to the ACC championship online. State has a lot of, like, mess-up pressure. They have not done anything really NC State this year except for losing to Mississippi State. And I feel like, okay, because they didn't mess up against Clemson, they have to do something really NC State this year and lose against us in Carter Finley Stadium. I mean, so that's that for one sure the thinking, funniest timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that would be great because that would give us the sixth guarantee win to get us into a bowl game. But right? even even if we accept this timeline, we are fighting for six wins. Yeah, we, we are horrible. This and year. Overall, I'm, a regression, and yeah. that's 
we're we're supposed to be on an uptick right now. We went from being a top ten team in, in the country to fighting for a bowl. Um, yeah, I mean, granted, it's it's still higher than what it has been the last four or five years, like right before Matt Brown two point But this, it, I was just thinking about this. Like I said, there's been this dream that's been sold, you know, about getting to it. And granted, it takes time. It took Matt Brown ten years in his first tenure to get the the ball rolling. Um, but it's a, it's a new time and his, the, the timeline's a lot shorter now than it was before. He had to prove himself before. Now he's kind of at there and it's, it's bringing a lot of cause worry because it's, it doesn't seem like it's just one thing. It's a lot of problems have now come to light and yeah, yeah. they don't have simple Man, fixes. I want to, I want to ask your opinion on what do you think like is the top, problem with this team because if you think about like Colby you can probably speak on this a little bit defense was like the biggest issue with Fedora's teams right I mean they, we were getting scored on like 30 40 points a game and I just don't know if it's defense that's the issue anymore I mean if you take a look at like Virginia Tech right I feel like the defense really held the line pretty well especially considering like how many times they're being thrown on onto the field consistently because the offense just could not get anything going Um, what are you guys thinking is like the biggest issue with this team? I mean, I I know we were overhyped a little bit considering what we had. I was thinking maybe we would be in like 20 to 25 preseason. I did not expect us to be top 10 by any means. Um, but I just feel like so many things went wrong. What do you guys think? I think it goes deeper than it's the offense or it's the defense. I think, because this is particularly something I'm seeing on both sides. It's it's a lack of development despite the talent that's coming in. Like I said, there's been no question that this coaching staff has been able to recruit incredibly well. Um, some of the best recruiting classes and some of the most individual recruits in Carolina football history. Um, and yet yeah. it's not translating when, when it gets on the field. Now, granted, we are still point where – Basically, uh, even the oldest people that have came from this coaching staff would be juniors. Um, so, I mean, relatively speaking, young. Um, so this senior class is one, in one of the last of the Fedora era that are kind of heading their way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be a couple of things, but it's not necessarily, it's not, I mean, you kind of expect that on the player side too, that naturally the older they get, they're going to naturally progress. But there's also a lot of it is the coaching that they receive. And so I think in a lot of these situations, perhaps some of the schemes that might be um, rolled out, like I said, with this air raid offense, with the hybrid defense that Jay Bateman has, um, it seems that it's, it's for some reason not clicking. There seems to be a lot of miscommunication on the field, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And when I, going back to just overall lack of development, you look at this offensive line that returned for the five starters from last year. Um, and and they look like a mess. Yeah, that you would look like to be a a top ten offensive line just because on experience alone, and they're big guys. And we saw this whole team essentially because we returned twenty one of our twenty two starters that took Texas A and M to the wire, and they just beat Alabama. We were in the we were uh, a quarter away from beating that team, and to see what we've reverted back to at this point 
I mean, it's completely mind boggling. And so, like I said, I think yeah. that's, I don't think that's the kids then it's, it's, the, it's the older folks in the room. So um, yeah, that are the coaches. Yeah. I for sure agree with that. Um, Mo, I've talked about this before. Um, and also every podcast is somebody's first. So I'll, so I'll say it again. Um, okay. it, it was never a good, it was never, I'm saying it like it's over, like it's like it's January right now, but it was never a good combination of coordinators. Uh, Phil Longo's mm-hmm. air raid offense is like, even like this year, it's like top 20 in explosive plays. Like it's going, you're going to go fast. You're going to have very, very yeah. big drives. Um, mm-hmm. This army defense is used, or so Jay Bateman came from army. His defenses at army got to sit down for like, seven eight minutes at a time as army's mm. glacier of an offense made its way down the field in 20 plays in <laughs> in 10 minutes right good old grinded so, out football yeah so it when you have offense that goes really fast and an opportunistic defense that's trying to uh stay off the field for as long as possible in theory it's not going to be a good matchup of coordinators but even further than that like mav said like the ta- we thought that we would have more at the skill positions right now than we do. We and thought then, we would have more think, than Josh. Yeah, Brown. and we lost four NFL. Yeah, and we, skill and we did players. lose a lot, so, so maybe that was our expectations, expectations were too high. But but again, other than Josh Downs, and I, I mean, I think Kamara Morales has definitely stepped up. Oh yeah, in um, a big way. That's I think the thing, he, though, with, he already has almost players. as many t- uh, yeah. touchdowns as a tight end since like the early two thousands for a tight end. Uh, Brandon Fritz had four in 2017. There was a guy that had five in like 2007. Um, but other than them, there's just not been anything. I mean, God bless like someone like Choffrey, like just drop balls and it's wide open. No one touching in drop balls. I mean, I know, I know it frustrates yeah. him and it's, I'm sure he's just as frustrated just as much as this watching it. But like that one from, yeah. from the Florida State game, he was gone. And he caught it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, there's a clear lack of conditioning on this team. And it may just be, like Colby was saying, the miscoordination between offensive and defensive coordination. And, you know, fatigue is really playing a huge role. Like, I've noticed so many times, like, the secondary does very, very well in, like, first quarter, right? Pretty much first half for the most part. Um, but even in Florida State, they were getting burnt out like crazy. You see the conditioning – with the offensive line as well. I felt like we were getting sliced through like butter in some of these cases. I mean, like you said, Matt, these are veteran guys. They should be playing or, you know, they should be at least be getting ready for some of them being potentially going into the draft at some point. Um, and, you know, thinking about a professional career, if that's what you want to do. Um, but, you know, to me, because they're not able to withstand, you know, these tough, repetitive plays and they're getting beat really easily. The secondary is getting beat down the stretch. Um, to me, that's a huge problem, right? And that's, you know, it's not just the coordinators. It's not just one team, um, but maybe there's just, you know, like what, what's going on in practice in this case is another question we have to ask. Cause if like, to me, like I'm, I'm noticing the physicality of these guys just giving out, like, especially towards the end of the game. That's like not what a football team should be getting beat off of. Right. I mean, we are getting outplayed um, in terms of strategy in, in a lot of cases, but I feel like when it comes down to the wire, getting beat by a team like Florida state, 
and we're 17 and a half point favorite. A lot of that I feel like has to come down to conditioning as well. I mean, that's definitely a good point. And I think it points to even uh, another thing is that again, we were a lot of these seniors were at a point where they had to play snaps just out of necessity that, that we didn't have any depth. And so now the whole <laughs> thing is we're supposed to have depth now because we're bringing in these recruits that so we're supposed to have the two deep. And so we're yeah. still having conditioning issues when that was supposed to mitigate that because you're able to bring in fresh guys. But it, I mean, you have your, your Tony Grimes, you have your Sam Howell, the younger players that have just stepped up and, and got their few roles, but there are still a lot of players across the different positions that you have, they're just not getting the same snaps that you think they would at least, I mean, you're not expecting them to be starting players and star players, but they should be getting a handful of snaps here and there, if anything, just to give the starters a breather. But that's yeah. something that also seems to be missing. And, and, and that's that's an issue as well. But, like, I would argue additionally on top of that, like, think about how one-dimensional we kind of look on offense as well. When we're coming back, you know, trying to, like, losing, like, arguably one of the top five running back teams in the, in the nation, right? And trying to put all of our marbles into Sam Howell right now, who kind of needs a little bit more support and is not, like, his draft stock has just plummeted and it feels so bad for the guy. Has um, it though? I, I, well, I, from what I, I go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Just because as we were going into the season, and this is because I go way too deep in these sorts of things. Going into the season, like it wasn't as if his because they don't real like you hear like quarterback projections like their freshman year but those never are like the real ones Mm -hmm. like it it starts mattering now and from what i saw now by the start of the season uh spencer rattler and matt corral were firmly ahead of sam howell um also um, Mm -hmm. malik willis at liberty which i have questions about but we're all above (laughs) sam howell right now um spencer rattler shrug you know don't really know what's going on in Mormon at the well, moment um well. but like Matt Corral is showing out and Malik Willis um is doing yeah, his Matt stuff Corral up in Liberty so is his draft stock falling maybe not exactly but just because it's not a super strong quarterback class this year well let me yeah and I'll, I'll correct myself and say maybe plummeted was hyperbole <laughs> right it's a strong but word. I think it I think he I think it has dropped but I still think he'll get picked up by a team. The thing is, is like, think about Trubisky. And I don't know if it was Chicago. I don't know if it was something else going on. But, like, go ahead, Mav. Spoiler alert. I think that was Matt Nagy. I think I think it's become very clear that was Matt Nagy. Yeah, that was not Mitch that Trubisky that or even the Bears. That um, game with Justin Fields, a couple, like, what was he playing, like, four offensive linemen or something? I think it was, like, running four or five to front. Um, oh my God, a coach has never, I, I just never heard anybody get ripped like that from a formation standpoint. Um, the next day after like in recent history, at least, but, um, but anyways, that's, that's a whole other topic, but you know, we got a long way to go when it comes to football, man. It, it's so bad. I mean, we, we had some lights when we were there and it's just guys, I got to ask the question. Okay. Is Mac. Is his job going to be safe? What are we thinking? I didn't know we were allowed oh. to talk about this on UNC Airwaves. I thought this was oh. sacrosanct. I didn't know we oh. were allowed to question whether or not Mac Brown's the right person. Just because my my mentions were were, were lit up there for a little bit. 
a little quieter nowadays. Just, you know, I'm not saying anything. Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Well, here's my thing. Okay. I don't think the the seat is hot for Mac Brown. No. Got the no. seat is hot for the position coaches and it's warming up for the coordinators. I think it's a sort of thing where again, Mac's always been kind of been described as he's kind of like the C, a CEO coach and stuff where it is a lot about the, the the his staff around him and he just kind of drives the ship basically. And so yeah. I think they would there would definitely be changes at the lower level before it actually got to him because it might very well just be fitting in different pieces that might just tweak the scheme or even just change the scheme altogether. Um, like I said, and uh, I, I, mean, I posed I think, a question. Right? Yeah, go ahead. But, you know, and I've heard this argument a couple of times is that North Carolina should be one of the most coveted positions in college football, right? Oh, sure. a it's a pretty good job. And, it's an easy job, relatively speaking, for college football, right? I mean, you know, you, you get eight wins and you beat the in-state folks and you're looking pretty dang good, right? I mean, you, you beat NC State, you beat Duke, you know, Wake Forest, you beat them great, you're not. But, I mean, you beat the other, you know, two teams in the triangle that we care about the most and, you know, you get to a pretty decent bowl game, you've made pretty much everybody happy. But I think that, like, you know, it, it comes back to this theme of the fact that we were so overhyped in the beginning and everybody, I don't know about you guys. I heard a lot of people saying, Oh, we can go to the CFP. We can go to the CFP. Like, can we though? Obviously, you know, something has to change before we can get into that mindset. Like to me, I just thought there was just too much pressure, too much strain. I certainly believe that we should have been in the top 25. We had a really good recruiting class. We had a strong, we still have a strong coaching team. I'm hundred percent with that. Um, at least from the head coach position. I just think that there are a lot of pieces that are unsynchronized. Like I said, there's a conditioning effect that's not really taking place. And we just got to get, we got to get things going. I'll yeah. answer that question with a question. What is North Carolina football supposed to be? Uh, 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 what it, well, I'll tell you what it is right now is it's a pregame to basketball. <laughs> and for some people, that's it, it, a valid answer. Hey, it's like, a, it's for, a, for a lot of people, that's a valid answer. It's a, it's a neat outing on Saturday afternoods in the fall. Listen, <laughs> like it's, a, what? it's an excuse. It's an excuse to go to the bookstore on a Saturday and hang out with your friends, right? I str- I struggle with what should North Carolina like. How good? Sh- what's our ceiling? Is our ceiling the winning the ACC? Is our? I don't know if our if. Are you talking about in a in a single season or as a program? As a program, and who so are I, we? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think for whatever reason, like I said, it's it's been a tough look in the rear because I mean, you go back decades now across multiple coaching administrations, um, different generations of players, and it seems to be the same. When you go, John Bunting, Larry Fedora, you know, Butch Davis. Even Mac Brown early, 1.0, Mac Brown 1.0, Dick Grubar. Like, we just they're not, it's not good football, and, and well, or it's not championship level football. Oh, yeah, and I'm 100%. But it that. is like if you beat Duke and State, and most people are like, happy, like stuff like that. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, maybe that's all we ever will be, and are we okay with that? You know, because we can always, like North Carolina fans, we can always make the argument we have basketball, right? 
as a state fan, you know, being a good football program means much more to them than anything, right? Because they have nothing. And it means more to their administration that right they yeah. can win at football. Uh, I think that's totally fair. I I mean, we were an on-site kick away from winning the ACC championship game. Um, in uh, 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 it should have. Uh, remember, remember Paul in the stands with us. We were hosed, right? <laughs> I mean, like that was who calls offsides on the kicker kicking the ball? Like it was. We, I still will never understand that call to this day. But oh yeah, it was. It still drives me up a wall. But like, I don't know. Like. <laughs> It, it just it makes it hard <laughs> as a fan just feeling like you will never it feels like right now this might be doom podcasting but it feels like we're never going to get over that hump like and because it, again it's it's crossed multiple spans of of coaches and like I said and it seems like and that, i feel like that is kind of indicative like college sports at all i feel like hedge money has always been a thing where it's really difficult to get out of the echelon that you're that you are in historically. I don't know. I think we'll get over it eventually, man. I mean, you think about the other schools in the area and what we can offer relative to them. I mean, I, I, I look, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Carolina fan, but I would much rather play in Keenan than I would in like Carter Finley or like Duke's high school football thing that they have with a big blue Duke symbol in the center. Oh. Right. I mean, we have the resources we have, you know, I just feel like the best resources, at least in the state, you know, yeah. no, like I said, think that for being be like the public ceiling. university, yeah, yeah right. that's always going to carry. Like I said, I don't, I'm not necessarily afraid of that. And so I think, I don't know if it's, if saying we're spoiled is this thing, but like I said, we've been sold now this dream. We are yeah. spoiled. And that's, that's a hundred percent the truth. I mean, yeah. like, Jordan, Jordan coming to football changed like everything to me. Like it changed because to me, I didn't see as much hype around football until Fedora had that successful season. And then Jordan jumped ship with us and said, let's do this thing. And then ever since then, it's been this huge strain of here's being, here's us being overhyped. Here comes the three win season. Here comes a bunch of disappointment, right? I mean, we have beautiful uniforms. Okay. We have a great we have great facilities. I think honestly, Colby, to answer your question, we should strive to be at least the best in North Carolina, right? Like that's really that should be in reach. I mean, right now, I don't think we, we definitely aren't. Um, that fact, that is solely schools. between the black and gold schools, App State and Wake Forest. <laughs> Those I are mean, the best programs in the state. <laughs> right now, we've got two schools that are in the top 25, right? And there's no way we're going to get up in there at this point unless we beat everyone out and then everything in college football implodes like it has in the last two weeks. Um, but that's, that's, yeah. that's my two cents. I stopped being frustrated with this team a long time ago because I realized that I will always, always be disappointed. Just saying. Like, but like, going back to again, we've been there's been this dream that's now. They said with this, with the newest coaching staff, that it is very possible to turn things around and be a championship playoff team. And the the national media expectations mm-hmm. feel that. And we had someone like Sam Howell come along, who is easily going to go down as the best UNC quarterback to date. Um, so like I said, yeah, the biggest thing for me, it was like three or three minutes left in the game. It, Colby was there, so no, it, it was very empty. Like it got to the point where we were, hit that threshold. There was more Florida State fans than UNC fans in the stands, 
And I saw videos. Yep. I, I just kind of looked out and I couldn't help but think two years earlier, the night game against Miami and how packed it was. They're basically a full bona fide sellout. And I was like, because that was a whole bunch of folks who believed in that dream because of the successes we had leading up to we'd beat South Carolina. We were on a good roll. So many people believed and to see it all just empty out. That, Man, that, that, that was pretty sobering. Yeah. That reminds me of my favorite Carolina football moment was uh, I think it was our sophomore year or junior year. Was it that bug Howard corner touchdown pass? Um, that night was it Georgia Tech was a night game, I think. Pitt. Or was it a 430 that turned into Pitt. a night the game? The other blue and gold Pitt, game. Yeah. yeah, okay. I remember it was some ugly color. But anyways, yeah, like that's anyway, you never saw anybody leave early for those games. But so, you know, the fan base has got to get behind it. Speaking of the hurricanes, we have the underwhelm bowl <laughs> next week. Uh, Miami's coming down 3:30 on ACC network. Um, that is going to be uh the most futile futility bowl that <laughs> that might maybe has ever been played. So it'll be interesting. I'll be there. Um <laughs> like I said, I'm still gonna be there. I paid for my tickets I'm there to support. <laughs> so oh, and, I, and I sat all the way yeah. through that game because I, I was like, I still want to show all the support I can because I I, there'll always be a part of me that does believe, but at least Look, I think we'll be, com- I think it'll be a competitive, it'll be a fun game to watch for sure. I mean, Carolina football has been one big oscill- oscillating wave like this year. I mean, we'll look like freaking top five team one week and then we'll look like bottom five team the next. So maybe we'll be top five team <laughs> next week and, uh, you know, compete with them. I mean, they're coming off of a loss from Virginia, close game, but, you know, we'll see. So speaking of coming off of a loss, uh, Carolina Panthers twenty one or eighteen, Philadelphia Eagles twenty one. Um, again, Carolina, this Carolina favor going into the game, winning at halftime. Then the third quarter happened again. Um, it's not fun anymore. It's not cute anymore. I don't like it. Can I can I start with this one as well? I like yes, to talk go. about this. So I think Jalen Hurts was at week three or week four had said. Um, when you take a dookie, you want to flush it. You guys remember that? You guys remember him saying, you guys, did you catch him saying that? Okay. They got their butts kicked in like week three, week four. The first thing he said in the press conference was when you take a dookie, you just got to flush it and forget about it. Right. Well, for me, when you take a dookie this large as a Carolina Panthers fan, you got to stand up and admire what you just accomplished because <laughs> we really have to talk about this. This is embarrassing to say the least. I mean, we can't, rely on this we're going to get christian mccaffrey back we're going to get christian mccaffrey back we're going to be great right i mean it's like we i thought we played okay but there were a lot of sam darnold looked very vulnerable this game i mean that's that way he he looks bad (laughs) i didn't want to say it like that (laughs) because i just don't think he's bad yet like i really did doubt him when he first came in and then i said you know what he exhibited, I, I, I he exhibited traits of a bad quarterback then. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. He uh, he conforms to whatever is around him, okay? You give this guy weapons, he'll be like he'll he'll be a great quarterback, okay? But he is very middle of the pack. And for us, that works when you have a healthy top 3 running back, right? I mean, it, it, it it's not just 
it's not just what McCaffrey does on the offensive end in terms of getting yards. I mean, guys, look at him getting pass protection in the back as well when, when you know, Darnold's trying to work, okay? I mean, McCaffrey just does too much for the team, and we rely on him so much. I mean, right now it's like Robbie Anderson's not showing up. Okay? I mean, he dropped four passes that were literally in his hands and just wobbled out. I love the guy. I think he's a great receiver, but there's just something not clicking between him and Darnold. And right now it's just Darnold and DJ Moore. Like, what happened to Arnold? Did he get traded? Yeah, he got traded for C.J. Henderson. Okay, okay, I figured because I was like, I haven't seen them on the field, and I thought I saw him on another team. But it's like right now it's just Sam Darnold, D.J. Moore, and then, God, a running back's name I'm blanking on. Chuba What's his Hubbard. name now? Chuba Hubbard. Okay, he's playing out great, okay? But it's just the offense needs a lot of love. And, I mean, they're a really good first-half team, but it's so – it, it, it's so one-dimensional that it's that's why we're getting crushed in the third quarters because any good defensive coordinator is going to be able to figure this out, get back on the field, and, and shut us down immediately. Like what you saw today, it's what you saw last week as well. Uh, so the Panthers, if I'm counting correctly, have been outscored forty-two to seven in the third quarter. That's correct. Yep, that's correct. Um, and, so, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It, it goes back to that, right? I mean, they they. You know, you, you get the team in or whatever opposing team we're facing in for a decent locker room at halftime and say you have to do X, Y, and Z, right? And you're not dealing with college players anymore. You're dealing with professionals who can play at the top line. So, I mean, now it's like I kind of saw the ball rolling on this one. I'm not going to lie. Like when, when, Phil, when Philly hit that field goal going into the second half, like to me, something just did not feel right. I don't know what it was, but I was like, you know, we're still at 15, six. Um, the safety definitely helped us a ton, but, and I texted my brother and I said, I don't feel good about this. And then he texted me back and said, shut up. You're so stupid. And then I texted him like right at the end of the game. And I said, bet you wish we didn't have that field goal against us now. Huh? Um, but yeah, go ahead. Somebody else talk. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, no, so, um, I'm so frustrated with this loss. The Panthers are bad, but the Jags are worse. <laughs> um, I've never seen uh, – I think Bomani Jones uh, tweeted this. He said he'd never seen a 1-2-3 Cancun special happen in week five before. Uh, <laughs> that team is checked out. Um, Listen, I've said this so many years. I've said this so many years. Nobody has done less with more talent than the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, this is a ridiculously bad team. I mean, I think the Houston God. Texans have something to say about that, also in the AFC. No, South, because like, they have a high school quarterback <laughs> playing for them right now. I mean, it's just not it's not clicking. It's not clicking for them. They have no momentum going. This guy cannot figure out their offense. And whatever the Bills did to them last week was, by the way, should be illegal. I mean, like they just <laughs> uh, like annihilated them. It was not even fair. This guy. David Mills had the worst quarterback performance. And like, I think it was something, I some stat I read like the last like 35 years or something like that against the Bills because the Bills just unleashed hell. Did you see his stat line today? No, no. Uh, I mean, 21 I of 29 for 312 yards, three touchdowns, quarterback rating 141 for David Mills. Davis Mills. <laughs> listen, anyway, the Titans. Listen. I'm I'm going to take my my conference win and and I'll be happy with that alone. And you know what? We're in such a weak conference. We're, our tri- tickets practically punched uh, just because our conference is so weak. 
but I'm not happy. This is about as a this. Titans fan, right? As a Titans fan, yes. But okay, I, I, nothing about today's game made me happy. We were supposed to do this, <laughs> so and I was I was nerve wracked the whole time that we were going to lose um, and find some way to lose. We still let them score 19 points. Uh, luckily, yeah. we have Derrick Henry, and as long as we have Derrick Henry, we're going to be in the game. And when he scores three touchdowns, how are you liking Tannehill? How are you liking Tannehill so far? Oh, I have I have really no issues with Tannehill. I think the only mm-hmm. thing is when we get into situations where if Derrick Henry does get stopped, um, Tannehill's good in play action. If he has to play shotgun straight up passes, it's he's not as efficient. And mm-hmm. so the whole point to mitigate that was get someone like Julio Jones to play alongside AJ Brown so that you have a potent weapons and you have to force defenses to uh, focus their efforts more on one of the three and let the other one do the work. Well, that only yeah. is effective when they're on the field. And so Julio Jones is still missing time with injuries like he did in his final yeah, years in Atlanta. And so. And also the Titans offensive playbook just doesn't have a bunch of plays for Ryan Tannehill to, to drop back and, and just deliver it. It's like Mav said, it's very play action dependent. If you watch the Titans, the Browns, and the Rams, it's like it's the same offense. It is constant play action, constant on that um that outside zone stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's built off of. Um, because Derrick Henry is so dynamic running outside zone. Um, so when that's not there, like Matt said, that's that's why it's a struggle sometimes. But not today because the Jags are a high school football team. So, yeah, so I'm hey, glad man. we, we showed you provision against Bush League, so I'll, I'll take that. Um, the Jags, yeah, I'm, I'm still yeah, completely I've, – I've tempered all expectations, but we'll probably be a first-round exit. We'll make the wild card because we just went – or well, I guess we won't make the wild card because we'll still win the division. Uh, at the very least, probably make the wild card if the Colts turn sing around. Um, well, speaking of wild card, I would like to ask, right, because I'm, I'm projecting Carolina – as a wild card right now. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Because this is a really funky season for us. I mean, with, we got to – I mean, I think our defense is bumping. I think with Stephon Gilmore, right, it's going to be even better. Um, but J.C. Horn, right, huge blow. I mean, he was, he was kind of balling out for a while. I mean, right now we're on track for 10 wins. Yeah. So. I mean, it still remains to be seen with Stephon. It was a pretty catastrophic leg injury. And so yeah, – and, and he's 31, put, yeah. right? So I and mean, that's the thing with corners, right? Corners, like you think, like look at uh, God, I can't even Josh, Josh Norman, Norman, right? Yeah, I mean, look at Josh Norman, dude. I mean, he was like a like a top CB in the league for like a year or two, and then completely fell off the wagon. And this isn't an uncommon thing with because he got good right? when he was twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think I think it does relieve some pressure from the secondary and we'll be able, we will be better as a result. I mean, this is a guy that seems highly motivated to play for our team specifically. I mean, you think about some of the guys that get traded over to different teams or like, I would never even think about living in this city. He's got a group of Panthers, man. I mean, he's going to play hard for us. I think it'll definitely be a good addition. We just have to wait and see, but um, McCaffrey does leave a lot of questions um, because it's like a, a hamstring strain at that level to me is not that big of a D 
deal because if it was uh, so, I mean, with hamstring injuries, right? With hamstring strains, at least. By the way, before you one, keep going, yeah. uh, Mo is talking from a place of expertise right now. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mo, go so ahead. I, I, am, I, am a, I am an exercise physiologist. I'm a, I, I work in the fitness industry. I'm a, I'm a pro- college professor in exercise and sports science, right? Hamstring injuries, especially strains, have three levels, right? A level one strain usually keeps you out for about a week, and then you can usually go back to a pretty, pretty decent amount of physical activity. Level two, you are usually out for about two to three months, which you need to be going through some some form of rehab, right, like physical therapy. And then level three is a complete muscle tear. You're out for at least one year before you can usually, you know, start getting some mobility back in that muscle. Considering that this is our star running back and he was out for a couple of weeks, it was probably a level one strain because he was already back practicing this past week and he feels really good. The thing is, is that studies have shown that if you aggravate a hamstring, you are six times more likely to re-injure that muscle um, if you rush coming back into it. And it made sense to sit him out this game, considering the Eagles are so bad against the run. But the thing is, is that we had just not had gotten any groove on offense to the point where we just we couldn't produce. I mean, look, we had three points in the second half. But I want to ask you guys a question because I'm curious about this. There's like how many years do you think McCaffrey has left? Because I mean, he sat out all last year and a lot of fans are getting frustrated because he's like, okay, he's already out for a couple of games now. Like what are our options in this case? Like, I don't think he has much time. I mean, like Luke Keekley retired like what a year or two ago. I mean, he was like 30 when he retired. McCaffrey's what, 28, 29. He's what do you 25. guys think? McCaffrey's 25. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I'd say five years. I mean, five the shelf life of running backs are just notoriously low. I mean, there's a short yeah. window that running backs have their prime to be able to get through. But I think what gives the, what helps McCaffrey is his pass catching ability. Um, so, in addition to his running yeah. ability, so yeah. I think that's what's going to explain it. But I don't think it's more than five years. So right now, his contract runs from now until 2025, and he will be 29 years old when that contract is up. He'll be an undrafted so free my, agent when he's 30. So my question is, with a guy who's injury-prone like that, and I love McCaffrey, I absolutely do. I mean, he is a true Panther. But do you consider getting some value for him, considering he's so injury-prone? Like, what do you guys think? I'm not going to say the T word because I just don't want to say it out loud. Well, the thing is, if you do away, we'll put it that way, with Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> um, I mean, you, there's also like the butts and seats aspect that we're also seeing with Cam gone that I haven't been to any Panthers games since. <laughs> I used to go to Panthers I'm games going to every watch. year. I'm not giving yeah. him money to go watch Sam Darnold play quarterback. I'm not going to do that. So I, I do think there's that aspect of it, but I do think I think they'll write out this contract. It's dead money if they don't anyway. So yeah, I was gonna say that's in one 20, aspect of it. In 2023, um, the dead cap money is about 13 million dollars. He can't can't do that. Okay, that's probably out of the question. It's, I've I've heard a lot of that floating around. But, you know, it, it sucks the fact that we obviously need him so badly and we look like a completely different team without him. I mean, think about week two versus week four and week five for us, how much we obviously have struggled, right? It's a huge difference. And, I mean, like you guys said, that third quarter has been like 
our nightmare every single week. I don't know what it feels like to not have a running back. And so I don't, I'm kind of scared when it, when it happens. So I'm expecting Derek, Derek Henry, as good as he is, he's going to hit that cliff one day. Yep. And that's scary because I yep. got to watch. We, CJ2K. Tennessee has literally went Eddie George, Chris Johnson, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Like they've never not had a good running back. And so I mean, think about what happened to the Vikings after Adrian Peterson. I mean, it, that worries me. So I, I hope that day doesn't ever come. I have a fun question. Uh, does Urban Meyer get uh, Lane Kiffin in London or in England next week? He will get uh, <laughs> let go after that game because there's a bye week right after, and that'll give him a little bit more time to get his to get there ish. I mean, look, dude, he's it's not just it's not just the the it's not just the provocative video of him that was not with his wife and obviously not coming back on the plane with his team. It's the fact that he can't control the locker room. Trevor Lawrence looks like a little kid when he's playing on the field. And also that whole mess with Tim Tebow was just news and was unnecessary. There's probably 500 tight ends that played better than Tim Tebow, but he picked Tebow to come out for training camp. Anyways, it's a huge waste of time. It's a waste of resources. And also the biggest thing, and Monty Jones actually pointed this out, he's just very obviously not sincere when he's addressing the media. Like he obviously doesn't care that any of that stuff happened to him. So it, it, there's just like the, the fact that he looks so vulnerable, I don't think he has control of that locker room. The thing is, is that the Jags are going to have to pay him that money if they do fire him. And I'm, I'm, what I'm wondering is, like, if they're just going to wait it out through all this stress and strain and see if he'll just resign so they don't have to pay him that money um, and see if they can get somebody else in there. But he is – either he's gone at the end of the year or he's gone after London. I don't think that they're going to – that anything – if he survives London and he's back for, what would that be, week seven or week eight, I think. Hey, or some- coach salaries don't count against the cap. Well, that, <laughs> that's, just, that's true. But you can still, just pay that dude against, off and get him out of there. Shad Khan wants it, it, it that it bad. Still, it still counts against the organization, though. I mean, like it's it's still wasted money. It's like, they you, have like you're already zero and five, but you're you're already in zero and five. Like, is there any reason to to like you're, you're not making the playoffs? You're not winning the division. You're not doing. You're not going anywhere. You're not do even you, in the college football playoff. I mean, do y'all like, know who the point, assistant head coach in Jacksonville is? I just looked this up. It's Charlie Strong. <laughs> That's Let's fun. fire Urban Meyer. That, that, would, that would be a fun end of that season. Um, it would be I very mean, like, funny look, if he got just... left on the tarmac uh, in Charles de Gaulle. That's in Paris. Uh, if, and, uh, if he got left on the and, yeah. um, tarmac in London, that would be so funny. My thing is, is that if he does get let go, it will let, it will be right after that London game because they have a bye week, they have enough time to recuperate if they want to get you know either Charlie Strong or somebody else in there in that position. But if he is there after the London game, he will at least survive the season. That's that's what I think. Is but like it? I said, even if man, you got anything to say? I mean, like even if you know it, it you say it's just it, it's going to be wasted money it, regardless. Like it's, it's not a question happen. of if it's when. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He sucks. Fully. <laughs> He's a bad coach. He's, He's a bad a good, coach, man. Not a good coach. That's for sure. I mean, the thing yeah. is, he is a good coach in college, but guess who's not coaching college kids anymore? Guess who's actually coaching people that make like five times as yeah. much as he does? 
Yeah, and everybody's got their specialties. I mean, look, I'd argue there's a lot of NFL coaches that would be horrible at the collegiate level and, and vice versa. I mean, everybody's got where they need to be. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just know your know your role. And where we need to be is in bed. So we'll talk okay. to y'all. Yeah, I got work at four in the morning. It'll we'll talk fun. to y'all next week. Bye. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Oh later. yeah. Thanks, Mo. <laughs>